Hey there, future fans! This week we have a ladies' night, we get snowed in, and mistakes were made. This is the week of February 7th, 2020, and you are listening to episode 163 of Future Flicks with Billiam. everyone welcome to the show Uh, sorry there was no episode last night it was a weird week i got a little sick again and i am kind of upset about that because i went through a good chunk of 2019 without getting sick no colds or anything like that and then at the end of the year and then going into 2020 i have had three things two of them i know were colds i don't know what that last one was But it just made me feel like a bucket of ass, and I did not like it. But now I am better. We are ready for this episode. And a special note about this episode, I may miss some trailers. I may miss some news. Because I am recording this episode on February 1st, because I am going on a small trip with my wife and my uh, my parents on the 4th and the 5th. So I thought I'd get this episode out of the way. I will take note of any trailers I hit tomorrow, tomorrow being the Super Bowl, so I can talk about them on the show. So we may have an extra little trailer trove at the end of the movies just to see any of those big trailers that came out that I haven't seen at this point. Well, let me tell you what this show is about, just in case you're new. If you're new, welcome and thank you for trying uh, trying us out. Thank you for listening. Thank you for giving Future Flicks with William a chance. I hope you like it. And in case you're wondering what's going on here, what am I talking about? Who is this madman? Let me tell you a little bit about what I do here. On this show, we do quite a few things and it all revolves around movies. This show always starts with some sort of opening and you know, if we're being fancy, let's be fancy for a second. Do you mind? Do you mind if I get fancy and I call it a cold open? Oh man, that makes me sound like Saturday Night Live or The Office or something. It's the cold open for future flicks. It makes us sound more legit here. Oh my god, I love it. Well, after the cold open, that's right, we're keeping that. After that, we jump into the news and then we go into the trailers. That is any new news and new trailers have caught my eye since the last episode. I do have a day job, I am not perfect, so guess what? Sometimes I miss some things, in which case you, yes, you listening right now, can message me. Message me in any of the ways that you can find in the show notes or in the closing housekeeping and go, hey, Billiam, you missed something, here it is, you're welcome, and I'll talk about it on the next show. After that, we get into the movies, which are broken up into two, count them, one, two categories. Those categories are as follows. The first is the limited release section in that section we talk about any movies that didn't really catch my eye that did that did nothing to grab me and go hey you need to pay attention to me in that section we just tell you what the movie is who's in it and what it's about 
Sometimes I'll say a word or two, but usually we just move on to the next film. And when we get done with those, we talk about the bigger movies and the wide releases and interesting indie section in that section. It's just what it sounds like. All of the wide releases, even ones I think that look like crap, and any indies that have caught my eye. So in this section, we do the title, the premise, and the cast like we do with the previous section, but this time I talk a little about the film. Thoughts I had based only on the trailer, and then I give the movie a score, which I call the Billiams Interest Level Score, aka the Bill Score. That score can go anywhere from a zero for those awful, awful looking films to an 11 for those films that kick it up that extra notch. And then we wrap it all up with a question of the week, and then I send you along your way to the other great shows in the somewhat nerdy podcast network. But guess what? Guess what, my dear listener, my future friend, guess what is happening now? It is time for the first segment, which, as always, is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. This first story comes to us from comicbook.com. Director Taika Waititi responds to Martin Scorsese's critic... Oh, sh! I fell asleep right there. Because who the f*** cares what that senile old bastard thinks at this point, okay? He doesn't like him. He's entitled to his opinions. He's won awards. Okay, move on. This next story, my friends, is another one from comicbook.com. If you have heard these terrible, terrible sounding rumors that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 will not start production until January 2022, fear not. In an interview... Actually, not an interview, a fan Q&A on Instagram. A fan asked if those rumors were true of director James Gunn, and James Gunn said, no. That's it. Okay. Well, I don't know what the actual date is. I don't know what's really going on, but he says that's not true. So, yay, maybe we'll be getting it sooner than 2023. And my future friends, some of these next stories may be a little older, but we haven't seen each other since then. How are you doing? You look well. Have you lost weight? Good. Good either way, because you're beautiful just the way you are. But let us jump into the first older story that you may have heard Terry Jones of Monty Python fame has died at the age of 77. He battled a rare form of dementia. From the reports, he went the way I hope I go. He gently slipped away at his home in North London with his family and many close friends by his side. This next story comes to us from comicbook.com again. Uh, That last story was, let me see, The Guardian. Another one from comicbook.com. Apparently there's been a lot of news around the Batman, but no actual details. There are some rumblings about the new Batsuit and Batmobile, but nothing set in stone yet. Just just hearsay, basically. That the designs for the Batsuit and the Batmobile will be unlike anything we've seen before. Almost like this version of Batman is trying to set itself apart. Weird how that works, right? Weird. Uh, This next story I'm not going to really talk about too much. It comes from BuzzFeed News, which is always questionable. Anything BuzzFeed is questionable. If I want to see a list of what Penguin looks the most like Tobey Maguire, then maybe I will go to BuzzFeed. But this actually just caught my eye because it's something I've been wondering, but I never thought I could voice. Here's why. Here's the headline. Black people deserve better than Tyler Perry's latest movie. So it's written by Michael Blackman, who indeed is a person of color, an African-American. And the reason I, you know, I've talked about Tyler Perry on the show before, and I've talked about how I don't get it. And that could be a cultural thing. 
Because let's be honest, and let me just remind you that things like this are a cultural thing and not a race thing. It's not like there's something in black people's DNA that they just watch a Tyler Perry movie go, oh, I get this. Yes. Movies, media, things like that address culture. It may be a culture that's heavily one race or another, but it's almost like, you know, people are different and not everyone's the same. But even that being the case, I didn't think that I could say much about a Tyler Perry movie other than my general dislike of them. But also having to admit, God, I'm talking about this way more than I thought, (laughs) but also having to admit that it could be a cultural difference. I just don't get it. If you want to read the article, you can just search for it. It's just called Black People Deserve Better Than Tyler Tyler Perry's Latest Movie. And this, this dude has some good points. And recently, Ann and I watched a movie that I forgot was a Tyler Perry movie. We watched um, Nobody's Fool, the one with with Tika Sumter and Tiffany Haddish and Whoopi Goldberg. And I was f***ing disappointed with that. Because if you haven't seen it, and you at, if you are at all interested, I want you to do something. I want you to watch the trailers for the movie, and then watch the movie, and tell me if the two line up. If the movie you watched had anything to do with the f***ing trailer that came out for it. Because the trailer set it up to be this girls trip-esque family and female friendship movie, which looked hilarious. And then actually what we got was just another boring romance about this woman who doesn't deserve the ending she gets because she's a terrible human being, realizes it way too late. Terrible may be a, a strong word, but she kind of sucks. And the guy she treats like she did nothing wrong. He is all but perfect. And it it just wasn't the movie it should have been based on the trailer. Okay, you know what? We're done. We're done talking about this. Let's move on to a, uh, well, another story I kind of want to make fun of. This one from IGN. Here's a headline. Bill Murray is officially on board for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Praises script. Well, no f***ing sh- We have known this for the better part of a year. Next story comes to us from Rolling Stone. Tina Fey is going to take the Mean Girls musical to the big screen. So cool. In a story from Observer, Dennis Villanueva wants to make another Blade Runner movie, but there's a catch, and that catch is he doesn't want it to be a sequel. He says, and I quote, It's such an inspiring place, the Blade Runner world. The problem I have is the word sequel. I think cinema needs original stories, but if you ask me if I'd like to revisit this universe in a different way, I can say yes. It would need to be a project on its own, something disconnected from both other movies, a definitive or a detective. I don't know where I got definitive from. A detective noir story set in the future. I wake up sometimes in the night dreaming about it. So the word you're looking for is reboot. You're bringing the world back, but you're not doing something directly connected to uh, to the previous movies. Though, yes, a lot of reboots we're familiar with are sequels or are somehow connected, like Jumanji was connected to the first Jumanji, but it doesn't have to be. This story from Flickering Myth tells us that apparently no one at Sony knows the word no, and Anaconda reboot is in the works. Yay. Ladies and gentlemen, do you remember the Uncharted movie? The movie based on that video game series from way back when? Let's see, when was the last movie? Or last game? 
wow, it was only two years ago. Oh no, that's, that's a lot longer now. I forgot. I forgot how to math. Jesus, that movie, <laughs> that game, that game was 2016, four years ago. So if you remember, they had rumblings about a Uncharted movie ever since the first game made it big, but the true rumblings happened between Uncharted 2 and 3. For a while, a while Mark Wahlberg was attached, and then he became unattached, and now it's Tom Tom Holland, but is he still? Well, apparently, the Uncharted movie bumps Masters of the Universe off its 2021 release date, according to Polygon, which at this point, it's so early in the game that that means nothing. There's not even any work started on Uncharted, where Masters of the Universe is already in pre-production. So I wouldn't be surprised if, Un- if Uncharted is pushed even further back and Masters of the Universe e- either takes its spot back or just stays where it is and is released in 2021. So next story comes to us from Cinema Blend. Deadpool 3 will still be the R-rated character we know and love at Disney. And that's, it's good to be reassured for that, isn't it? Because we knew that Disney planned to not change it, but that was as the deal between Disney and 20th Century Fox was being finalized. Now that's all said and done, it's far too late to go back. Disney's already a super mega power instead of a mega power. They are still sticking to their guns, which I think is a good move. Because remember, Touchstone used to be Disney's company that they would use for non-super family-friendly material, but now I guess Disney's just owning it. There may be future mergers or you know, just one company buying another in the future, Apple and Netflix have reportedly held talks to buy MGM. Yes, Metro Goldwyn Mayer itself, the one with the lion, my second favorite place to stay in Vegas. So we will see where that goes. Right now, it's just early, early talks. And ladies and gentlemen, we already kind of knew this, but this story comes to us from Flickering Myth. Rick Moranis is not returning for Ghostbusters Afterlife, so we did kind of know this already. But now we have a quote from him. He says, I hope it's terrific, but it just makes no sense to me. Why would I do just one day of shooting on something I did 30 years ago? And sure, okay, good for you. If you remember, Rick Moranis did retire from acting. I think it was the death of his wife that caused it so we can focus on raising his children. So good for him. Uh, I say that with no sarcasm. Rick Moranis was never, you know, huge like Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, Brie Larson level. But he was big enough that it was a big deal for him to step away. Just look at the the top three things that come to mind when I think of Rick Moranis. We have Ghostbusters, of course. We have Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And we have Little Shop of Horrors. That's just the first three things that came to my mind. It couldn't have been easy, but, but he seems happy with his choice. Well, my future friends, that is it for the news. That is everything I've noticed. Did I miss something? And just remember, if a story breaks post-Sunday, then uh, I probably won't talk about it until next week. But let us take our first break as we hear a word from our friends at the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast. Please stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. And we're back. We are back with everyone's favorite segment, the Trailer Trove. You know, before we actually 
talk about the movies. I forgot to mention the story that we all know happened. We, You have heard about the death of Kobe Bryant. And I'm only bringing it up for one reason. Because when the story was breaking, I was seeing reactions on Instagram and Twitter and everything. Of course, there was a lot of sadness and love going out to the family. But there's also this weird sect of people out there who are just being huge assholes about it. And one person and uh, one person I saw and the sentiment was was carried by a lot of people with that said, oh, thousands of people die every day. Where's your tears for them? Well, listen, you putrid anal cyst. It's because we don't know any of those people. That doesn't mean I'm not sad when I think about like how many people died in a day. Or if I hear about someone I don't even know passing, it's not like I'm sitting back going, oh, yeah, well, f- that person. I don't know them. <laughs> Good to be alive. But if you took time every day day to to say a prayer for or think about or have a moment of silence for or somehow acknowledge every person that dies in the world a you're some sort of psychic person because how do you know but also you'd never get done but when a celebrity dies we are somehow connected to them maybe because we like them they're a sports figure movie star singer something we're somehow connected to them even if we never knew them and it's okay it's okay when a celebrity dies to be saddened by it but it's not okay to sit back and be just a gigantic piece of shit about it. I mean, if you were bringing up the rape allegations from 2003, that's one thing. Okay, because that's an important conversation to have. But just hating on people because they're sad a celebrity, got, a celebrity died, go fuck yourself. Okay, I just want to say that. Let's move on to the trailers and the first trailer, a movie nobody asked for. But I'm pretty, I'm pretty intrigued. And it's called The Jesus Rolls. This is the Big Lebowski spinoff written and directed by John Turturro, who's reprising his character from The Big Lebowski. This also set to star uh, Bobby Cannavale, Pete Davidson, John Hamm. Uh, let's see. J.B. Smoove, Susan Sarandon, Audrey Tatao, Christopher Walken. So that is a pretty good cast right there. It is way too early to tell anything about this film because all we have right now is a 55-second teaser that really doesn't show much at all other than just a CG bowling ball and then we see him licking the bowling ball again. That's really it. We can talk about this more when we actually see a trailer for it. All right, the next trailer we have is for this f***ing weird movie that once again looks like the epitome of indie garbage. The movie's called Swallow. And no, it's not about what this pregnant woman probably should have done. No, not that. This is about Hunter, a newly pregnant housewife. And she finds herself increasingly compelled to consume dangerous objects. Yes, swallowing shit. As her husband and his family tighten their control over her life, she must confront the dark secret behind her new obsession. So this... This woman is, uh, she used to work in retail, you know, not a glamorous job, not a big money job, but then she meets this guy who is f***ing rich as shit, and he doesn't seem like a terrible guy, not like he's going to abuse her or anything, or he's like just totally manipulative and stuff, he just looks like he's not really there, and his family seems kind of controlling, and so she's not really happy, so she starts swallowing things, first a marble, then a thumbtack, then a piece of porcelain, and then it seems to have negative effects. Weird, right? Who knew that swallowing sharp shit was a bad idea? 
So this stars Haley Bennett, who you would know if you saw movies like The Equalizer, The Magnificent Seven remake, The Girl on the Train, music and lyrics, things like that. So she plays a Stepford wife looking bitch who is just swallowing things. That's it. She swallows them, lets them pass, sifts through her poop, washes them off, and then collects them. Because why not? And like a lot of artsy indie trailers, it's full of just buzzwords and quotes from other people. And it says, a provocative thriller that evokes the work of David Fincher. No, 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 I'm sorry. You're confused. David Fincher did good work. Another one is, a place rarely explored in cinema. What, sifting through your sh** to find the sharp objects you ate? Yeah, rarely explored. I thought the artsy remake of Two Girls One Cup might cover that, but no, I guess it didn't. The playlist called it a breathtaking accomplishment. Yes, because it literally takes your breath away because you're ready to throw the f up. So if you want to watch a movie about a Stepford wife looking woman who is completely dead in the eyes, who eats weird sh** and then poops it out, this is your movie. Go for it. It's set to come out March 6th. Next up, we have a trailer for a movie called Straight Up that I actually don't see a release date for. It was released at three film festivals last year, but I don't see a, a full-on release date. But this is about Todd and Rory are intellectual soulmates. He might be gay. She might not care. A romantic comedy drama with a twist. A love story without the thrill of copulation. So basically, they both can't, just can't meet someone. Rory is gay, but he just hates almost any gay man he's ever met. So he decides, hey, why don't I just get with this woman? But not in a weird sexual way. No, we're just going to be a couple and not have any physical contact, which is kind of just like being friends. I'm so confused. And even though I'm so confused, I do think this looks good. I thought this movie, this trailer looked interesting. This movie looks just weird and wacky enough to be interesting. It comes, oh yeah, I already said, I don't know when it comes out. Yay. All right, my future friends, we have two more movies in the trailer trove. So let's talk about the, the two biggest ones. The next one is another trailer for the SpongeBob movie, Sponge on the Run, coming out May 22nd this year. As you know, Gary has gone missing. He's been snail napped. So SpongeBob and Patrick embark on an epic adventure to the lost city of Atlantic City. Oh, I see what they did there. <laughs> to bring Gary home. This is the movie that's famously having Keanu Reeves playing a sage named Sage who is in a ball of sage. Basically, guess what? Do you like SpongeBob? Watch this. Do you not like SpongeBob? Don't watch this. Easy peasy, every citrus fruit squeezy. And finally, my future friends, we have to talk about it. We do have to talk about this. That is Fast and Furious 9. Yes, the ninth installment of the Fast and Furious franchise, not including the Hobbs and Shaw spinoff. This one, we see that Dominic has a brother. His brother is played by John Cena. And, you know, I've made enough I can't see him jokes enough, uh, so I won't make one today. But you know how the Fast and Furious series works. So everyone who's not dead in the series or dead in real life, R.I.P. Paul Walker, will come back. The secret we have learned, and if you if you want to go into this movie, spoiler free for some reason, maybe because the it's just the plot that grabs you of these. 
I'll tell you what, I love these films. I love them so much, but it is not the plot that pulls me in. But anyway, if you don't want any spoilers, just skip ahead like 20 seconds. So, the big reveal for the trailer is we see Han. F***ing Han is back. And, and it doesn't look like it's a flashback. It looks like Han is actually alive. And the tagline for Fast and Furious 9 is justice is coming, hashtag justice for Han. That's right. So the cast is coming back, including Helen Mirren and Charlize Theron. So that's awesome right there. I'm guessing there's going to be a scene in a strip club because we have Cardi B in the movie. It'd be really interesting to see how they're going to sell Mia being in the movie without Brian being in it. Because of course Brian can't be in it. Oh, she's pulled into it because Mia is Dominic's sister. Of course. Okay, what did the trailer teach us besides Han is back? It taught us that this movie is going to be exactly what we expect from the Fast and the Furious series. Ridiculous, impossible bullshit. Ridiculous, impossible bullshit that I love so, so much. John Cena in his car rockets off a cliff and Cypher played by Charlize Theron, flies a jet over, a magnetic jet that his car clings to and they fly off, and then Dominic, instead of stopping, ramps off half of a broken bridge, and in the middle of the air, some hook connects to the bottom of his car and they're swinging around mid-air to come around and take out the hel- the the um the plane? Yes, please! This is what I want! This is stupid! Stupid! This is so dumb, and I love it! I need this! And so many of these movies have come out by now that the people, the haters of this series, should by now just shut the f*** up. I know they won't. They'll be out there going, oh, we have another one? Hollywood has no original ideas. Go eat a dick, okay? You're not smart or edgy for not liking this. Fast and Furious 9, directed by the wonderfully over-the-top Justin Lin, comes out May 22nd this year. And my future friends, that is it for the trailer trove. Let us take our next break as we hear a word from our friends at the Nerds of the Squared Circle podcast. And we'll come right back with the limited releases. Stay tuned. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! Yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. All right. You know I don't like doing this, but we're going to do it anyway. And we're going to talk about the very few limited releases. There's one, two, three, four, four movies. Five. I can't count. Five movies. And then we'll go into another break. But there are only nine movies coming out this week, so not a lot to talk about. So let's talk about the first movie that did not make it in the limited section. And that is called... Or it did make it in the limited. It didn't make it in the wide releases. You, you know what I mean. You know. That movie is called... Legend of Deification, also known as Zhang Xia. To any Chinese listeners I have, I'm sorry for butchering your language. Atop the ruins of war, top commander Zhang Xia is given the task to banish the nine-tailed fox demon who threatens all mortals' very existence. 
when he discovers the nine-tailed fox's life linked to the soul of an innocent girl, he is faced with a challenging decision. Follow the will of heaven or find his own path to righteousness. This is a Chinese animated film. And all of the Chinese animated films I've seen or I've talked about on the show since the show started have always been some really weird CG that just kind of rubs me the wrong way. I mean, just hell, go back to hand-drawn animation, okay? Next up, we have a film called Waiting for Anya. During the heroes of World War II, Joe, a young shepherd, along with the help of the widow Horkata, not to be confused with the delicious drink Horchata, helps to smuggle Jewish children across the border from southern France into Spain. This stars Angelica Houston from The Addams Family, Jean Reno from Leon the Professional, Noah Schnapp from Stranger Things, Sadie Frost from Bram Stoker's Dracula, Nicholas Rowe from Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, and Thomas Kretschmann from King Kong. I'm going to be honest, this movie doesn't look bad, and it's about a very interesting topic that really happened. This isn't based on a true story as far as I know, but there, there really were people smuggling Jews from France into Spain during World War II, and the Nazis were trying to stop them because the Nazis were terrible people. This movie honestly doesn't look bad, and it probably should have been in the next section, but it just didn't do enough to make me go, yeah, this one. Next up is a film called And Then We Danced, a passionate coming-of-age tale set amidst the conservative confines of modern T Tbilisi. The film follows Mirab, a competitive dancer who's thrown off balance by the rival of Irakli, a fellow male dancer with a rebellious streak. This is a movie from Georgia, the country, not the state. And next up, we have a film called Come to Daddy. A man in his 30s travels to a remote cabin to reconnect with his estranged father, but his father may not be the man he remembers. This stars Elijah Wood from The Good Son, Stephen McCaddy from The Watchmen, and Garfield Wilson from The Man in High Castle. Uh, just too f***ing weird. No. And finally, we have a movie called Shikara. Shikara is a story of resilience in the face of insurmountable odds. It's also the story of a love that remains unextinguished through 30 years of exile. A timeless love story in the worst of times. That bullshit premise brought to you by someone on IMDb. I don't know who. Uh, this is a movie from India. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the limited releases. Let us take our next break as we hear word from our friends at the Watch Your Mouth podcast, and then we'll be right back with the wide releases and interesting indies. Please stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall -wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the f*** did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that f***ing jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes. SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMpodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. All right, we are back. We are back with the wide releases and interesting indies. So let's start it off with a movie I didn't want to put in the section, but I said I would usually put Netflix and other streaming movies in this one, I remember. So here it is. This is called Horse Girl. A socially awkward woman with a fondness for arts and crafts, 
horses, and supernatural crime shows find her increasingly lucid dreams trickling into her waking life. This stars Alison Brie from Community, Debbie Ryan from Insatiable, John Reynolds from Stranger Things, Molly Shannon from Superstar, John Ortiz from Peppermint, Robin Tooney from The Craft, Paul Reiser from Aliens, Matthew Gray Goobler from Criminal Minds, and Dylan Gulela from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. So I can see what this movie is going for. I really can. We have this woman who is slowly going mad, but is she going mad? She had a family member that also lost her mind, but did she really lose her mind or was she really onto something and just no one understood? So this is a movie featuring mental illness where I don't think mental illness is going to be the focal point in the way that a lot of people would like, where it would give light to mental illness. No, this is just using it, at least from the trailer, looks like it's using it for the the crux of this story that we have this woman just going more and more mad, spiraling more and more down, and the movie getting weirder and weirder. I like the cast and everything, but this does look skippable. Even though it's on Netflix, even though you all already have Netflix, skip this one. The trailer did nothing to grab me. In fact, it just put me off ever watching this film. Horse Girl gets a 3 out of 11. Next up, folks, we have another movie going straight to a streaming service. This time it's Disney+. Plus. This is called Timmy Failure. Mistakes were made. An 11-year-old boy who believes that he is the best detective in town runs the agency Total Failures with his best friend, an imaginary 1,200-pound polar bear. This stars Kyle Bornheimer from She's Out of My League, Ophelia Loveybond from The Autopsy of Jane Doe, Craig Robinson from Hot Tub Time Machine, Chloe Coleman from Big Little Lies, and as Timmy, Winslow Fegley from Fastlane. That's, I guess, another Disney show called Fast, L-A-Y-N-E is how you spell Lane. I'll be honest, this looks cute. This looks like a fun, enjoyable family film. Something that a lot of you, my dear listeners, are probably going to skip. But if you have young kids, maybe this is something you could sit down with them and watch. Maybe you'll sit down with them, both watch this brand new movie coming out to Disney+. Plus. They might really like it. They might really connect with Timmy or someone else in the movie. And you'll go, hey, that actually wasn't bad. It looks like it has easy laughs. It looks like it has relatable characters. It looks like it has a, a, a basic good story. Timmy rides around town on a Segway that his mother won in a bingo game at her local church or at their local church. And Timmy loves it, rides around on it all the time. One day it winds up stolen. So he needs his partner, his 1200 pound polar bear friend and he also needs another friend to help him solve this case look it looks cute and the main draw to this is that it's a family-friendly movie that you could watch with your family could you watch this if you don't have a family sure i don't see why not i really don't it looks cute timmy failure mistakes were made gets a six out of eleven all right folks two movies left to talk about in the next movie the one that's not the pick of the week, and I'm surprised it's not, and I'll tell you why when we talk about the pick of the week, is called The Lodge. A soon-to-be stepmom is snowed in with her fiancé's two children at a remote holiday village. Just as relations begin to thaw between the trio, some strange and frightening events take place. 
This stars Riley Keough from Logan Lucky, Alicia Silverstone from Batman and Robin, Richard Artemage from The Hobbit, Jaden Martell from It Chapters 1 and 2, Leah McHugh from American Woman, and Caitlin Wells from Anne with an E. So yeah, this one doesn't look bad. This is a horror that takes place out in the middle of nowhere of one of those very isolating feeling movies. So even though I said there was that big cast, not big, but well, it's six people. The main cast is only three of them. We have Riley Keough and we have the two kids. And I like that the kids aren't just being asked for, you know, for no reason. There, there's an obvious reason. It's that they're not okay with this woman coming into their father's life, into their life, when they're probably still not over their mother. But then they go out on this getaway and the father has to leave for some reason because probably he's father of the year, I bet you. Leaves the three of them alone and the kids somehow stumble upon... This video of this cult leader who had led this cult in the area and everyone in the cult was uh, wound up dead. And then weird things start happening in the house. Like all of their things start to disappear. Like everything disappears out of all of the drawers and everything. And then the power goes out, water goes out, and it just starts getting really f***ing weird. Scary shit starts happening. Fun had by all. To me, this kind of looks like if... Us and the witch had this really weird baby, but it doesn't look as forcibly artsy as the witch did, but also it lacks the social commentary of us. Uh, this looks good, though. If you do see this in the theaters, it wouldn't be a bad choice just because movies like this and the next movie do better in theaters. They just just the atmosphere of the theater lends itself better to horror, better to action. I want to watch this one day. I will probably not see it in theaters. The Lodge gets a 7.5 out of 11. And it's time for the pick of the week that I'm very surprised is the pick of the week. And it's just because I think if I have to watch any of these films this week in theaters, if I had to pick one, this really would be it. Despite the fact that I am not stoked for it. I am really not. And that movie is called Birds of Prey. After splitting with the Joker, Harley Quinn joins superheroes Black Canary, Huntress, and Renee Montoya to save a young girl from an evil crime lord. This stars Margot Robbie from Suicide Squad, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Journey Smollett-Bell from True Blood, Rosie Perez from White Men Can't Jump, Ewan McGregor from Train Spotting, and Ali Wong from Always Be My Maybe. This movie confuses me because I've said this before and Anne brings this up, uh, brought this up to me in, uh, originally, that the trailer looks like some weird fan-made trailer, that it doesn't seem cohesive. It doesn't really seem like it has a real point other than going, hey, we want to see Margot Robbie again as Harley Quinn and why not use this moderately well-known comic book property that's very female forward. Yay, let's do that. I think the trailers for this film have been horrible. I also think that Harley Quinn is a very overrated character. Did I like her in Batman the Animated Series? Of course I did. Do I like some of her storylines with, with um, Poison Ivy or with her and the Birds of Prey in the comics? Of course I do. Do I think Margot Robbie is the best possible person to play Harley Quinn? Yes. But still, watching the trailer for this, even with this good cast, I'm still left meh. But the weird thing is, the really weird thing is, and promising, but weird, is that all of the early reviews coming in are saying that this is a good movie. Even though the sour scrotums over at Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 52, even though the people at 
whoever it is that rates f***ing movies on IMDb, whoever they are, give it a 6.4 out of 10. That being aside, this is so far being well-received from actual human beings and uh, not really critics per se. But it's not getting the amount of hate from critics I thought. I really want to like this. I really do. I'm just so over Harley Quinn at this point. And the trailers just make it look eh. Like the trailers really did a bad job of selling it. And normally all you have to do is tell me Ewan McGregor is in a movie and you've got me in the theater seat. You've, you've got me there watching it. So why is this still the pick of the week? Well, like I said, movies like this do better in theaters. If you're ever going to like it, okay, th that's not entirely true, but I'll get to that in a bit. But if you're ever going to like it, you're going to like it on the big screen, the big, beautiful screen with surround sound, with the ambiance, the atmosphere. That's how you're going to like it. The difference with that is a lot of people like Justice League and Batman v Superman a lot more the second and third times they watched it. So while that's not always true, it's usually a very good uh, a very good assumption to make. So despite the fact that I think this movie looks very meh, this is still the best movie to watch in theaters if you want to watch one of the new releases on the big screen. Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn gets a 7.5 out of 11. I do admit that the fact that real human beings, early reactions to this film, are good, did bump the score up a little bit. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is it for the movies. Let us take our final break as we hear word from our friends at the We're Doing Fine podcast with Robbie and Lisa. Please stay tuned. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're, We're Doing, Doing Fine. fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're, we're doing, doing fine. fine. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. So the Super Bowl has just happened as a California native, as a San Francisco 49ers fan. I am kind of disappointed. I am happy for the Chiefs because you know what? They haven't won in what, 50 years? So good for them. And let's all just remember the important thing is that the Patriots didn't win. That's, that's the big thing to take away from it. That means America won. And I'm sorry if you're a Patriots fan, but you have to realize you are a fan of one of the most hated teams. Just like if you're a, uh, a New York Yankees fan, you are a fan of one of the most hated teams. But we did get some trailers, and I don't have as much to say as I thought, just because the full trailers we did get were a mix of trailers that had already existed, spliced with a couple new scenes, or just really short. So let's go over what we saw. The first one was the Black Widow trailer, and I'm still amazed that I think this looks really good. You know me, I am not a fan of the Black Widow character in the movies. I think she's very boring. I think she's very one note, which is why it blew my mind when I did watch Marriage Story and saw Scarlett Johansson doing a phenomenal job in that role. The movie overall, I think, was is highly overrated, but the acting is the only thing that saved it, and Scarlett Johansson was amazing. 
Just like I, you know, I've admitted it before. I know she's a good actress. She just picks shitty roles or basically roles where she has to do the bare minimum amount of acting. Well, it looks like we just get more Black Widow in the Black Widow movie. Weird, right? How that works. But overall, it looks like a very entertaining movie. We saw more of Florence Pugh as uh, Yelena Belova. We saw just a little bit just a little bit of David Harbour as Red Guardian. Basically, this is the movie they needed for Black Widow the entire time because they put her with the Avengers. And while it's true, she has been a, a very valuable member of the Avengers. When you're fighting Thanos, when you're fighting Ultron, when you're fighting these world-ending level bad guys, you're going to send a spy in with no powers whatsoever? You're going to send Hawkeye in who has no powers whatsoever? Hawkeye's greatest power was his Quicksilver shield, and we all know that was a one-use move. But this movie is an example of how to use a character like Black Widow. I've read Black Widow comics. They are good. I've read Hawkeye comics. They are good. But in those comics, they are not taking on some crazy level metahuman. They are taking on regular-ass people, maybe a metahuman or two, but no one at Thanos level. No one at Ultron level. No one Loki level. That film comes out May 1st. And then we saw more of James Bond. We saw another trailer for James Bond, No Time to Die. It still looks good. I still can't wait to see Remy Malik. And I think you can see that why I'm not going to say much about these trailers unless I go off on a tangent is because what do you really say? It looks good. Not a whole lot of new stuff was shown in any of these trailers. It's not like in previous years where they waited, some company, some production company waited for the Super Bowl to launch a trailer for it, be, to, for it to be the first time you saw the trailer or saw brand new footage. So it was a big deal. That wasn't the case this year. I wasn't disappointed with the offerings per se. I just wasn't wowed, even though I do want to see quite a few of these movies. We saw another trailer for the Minions movie, The Rise of Gru, and it looks like a Minions movie. Hey, if you like the Minions, check this out. I, I don't think I'll see this in theaters, but I bet you I will watch it, I will enjoy it, and it will go on the shelf right next to the, the Despicable Me movies, which are fun. They're, they're enjoyable movies. What's not to like about just goofy-ass little yellow people? After that, we saw the same trailer for The Quiet Place 2 that we've already seen, so nothing new there. It still looks good. We still see John Krasinski, though, in flashbacks, so that's cool. But the interesting new thing we actually saw was three trailers stacked back-to-back-to-back to back to back of the Disney Plus Marvel shows. We saw first looks at The Falcon and Winter Soldier. We saw WandaVision. And we saw just one scene of Loki, and that's all I needed to see. I'm already sold. I'm going to watch these. They look good. They look entertaining. Disney and Marvel, working together, does a good job. They do a reliable job. We may have haters out there like Martin Scorsese and other people like that. But remember, f*** them up their ass. Because this is just pure entertainment. And hey, if anyone caught it, you saw, uh, Wanda, you saw Scarlet Witch in her Scarlet Witch costume from her original Scarlet Witch costume. That is dope. We then saw a new trailer, slightly new trailer for Mulan. Uh, the Mulan trailer was basically the old trailer just recut and rearranged with like one or two new scenes. And I'm still stoked. I think that they 
did a really good job with this. This could be the best Disney live action movie yet. And I'm saying that without having seen Dumbo or Aladdin yet, or Lion King. I haven't seen those, but just from the way the trailer is presenting this movie, it already looks like it's doing a better job. Because they're taking the story we already know from watching the movies when they came out, when we were kids, keeping that familiar story, but not just trying to recreate it, doing their own thing while staying true to the story. And I think that's why this one looks like it's going to be the best one yet. We saw the same trailer for Fast and Furious 9. And yes, I I'm serious. I, I need this. Like looking down in the comments, it's just a bunch of ass going, we don't need another Fast and the Furious. Why don't you go eat a dick? Why don't you shut the f up and just enjoy a movie that is ridiculous, that is enjoyable, that is just fun. It's not a cinematic masterpiece. Is it going to be up for any awards? No, maybe a Saturn award. I don't know, but none others just because it's a fun action movie. Justin Lin is what Michael Bay should be. If Michael Bay didn't suck ass, he would produce movies or direct movies like Justin Lin does. The first Fast and Furious movie is probably the the best one cinematically in the entire series. Number two, eh. I mean, I enjoy it now as just an enjoyable film, but at the time it was a very weak follow-up to a popular film. Number three, they tried to go a completely different direction. It failed. And then they realized, hey, let's stop trying. Let's just do over-the-top ridiculous action. Four kind of fell flat, but then five took off. And now we're here. We saw a spot for Sonic, not a full trailer, just a, a, a teaser and kind of a comedic commercial as well. And I do have to say, it really looks like the creators of Sonic unfed themselves because now it looks good. And does it have a lot to do with the character design? Yes, it does. And I don't feel bad saying that at all because they royally up the design of the character the first time around and all it took was either that same team going back to unscrew it or a new team coming in and going hmm maybe we should make sonic look like sonic from the games weird right and they did it and it other than that it looks like a good film and by good i mean mindless fun of course and then we finished up the trailers in the uh, for the super bowl with another SpongeBob movie trailer. It's actually the same trailer we've already talked about, so I don't have to say anything else. You, If you haven't seen it, if you missed these trailers, like if you actually went to the bathroom and did other stuff during the commercials of the Super Bowl, I have to ask you, A, why? And B, uh, you can just go online at KinoCheck and other, um, other YouTube channels, movie-focused YouTube channels, have all the Super Bowl trailers. You know the perfect time to go to the bathroom during the Super Bowl is when they're reviewing plays or something like that? Because you want to stay around for the commercials because they're fun, they're funny, they're enjoyable. Like when the Chiefs made that questionable touchdown. That was still very impressive that he managed to get the ball just inside that little pylon. But when they were re reviewing that, go take a shit. That's the best time. Well, my future friends, it is time for the question of the week, and we didn't get any answers outside of the household here. So, and I swear to God, Critter, I looked, I didn't see anything from you, so uh, I hope you didn't. I, 
I hope. But if you don't remember, the question of the week was, what was your favorite and least favorite movie from last year? And you could have done it either way. I, I left it quite open where it could have been just any movie you saw for the first time last year. So if you saw Citizen Kane for the first time last year, you could count it or only movies you saw last year. The only answer outside of my own came from, of course, Anne, who says only counting movies I watched that were released last year, best book smart, worst Alita Battle Angel. And I can definitely see Alita Battle Angel because Anne saw that movie because I wanted to see it. She is, she is very good like that. She will see almost anything if I want to see it. I would do the same for her, but she's more of a TV person. I'm more of a movie person. So it just works out that unfortunately it's a little one-sided in that way. But uh, she saw Alita with me. She didn't have the history with Battle Angel Alita like I did. And so I enjoyed it more because I think I understood it a bit more from the manga and the anime where she went into it cold. And so I can definitely see that. And Booksmart, a hilarious film. It was easily one of the best movies last year. And another example of just the Academy turning a blind eye to female directors. For my answer, I'm going to cheat as I always do and give it both ways. So the, this, these first two movies are the movies that I saw last year and were also released last year. So I saw them in 2019 and they were released in 2019. So the best, the best was Knives Out. I, I thought it was very well done. I thought it was a great whodunit. And it had a wonderful cast. It was just wonderfully shot. Everything about it I thought was was just wonderfully done. The worst movie was Tall Girl from Netflix. That movie was just, mm, it was just so lackluster. It wasn't terrible. It was just so meh that I was supremely disappointed. So doing a little cheating, the best movies I saw that were released last year, but I may have seen this year because I'm late on everything. Best Little Women. I don't know why Little Women was not nominated for Best Movie of the Year. It was 100% enjoyable. It was a great film. And it's also impressive because it's a movie we've seen a million times before. We've seen this story retold a lot. And it was still fresh. It was still new. Even though it's an old, old tale. And Greta Gerwig did an amazing job. Everyone acting in it did a great job. Emma Watson was there too. And the worst movie, Six Underground. Good. God, that movie was horrible. Like, I couldn't even enjoy it from a stupid movie standpoint. Like, I can like I can sit down and watch Fast 9 later this year and go, yes, I love this. This is stupid. I can admit it's not a good movie, but it's a great movie because it's so fun. No, Six Underground had none of that. It was awful. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the next question of the week. And can you see it coming? Can you see what I'm about to ask. No, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I am going to change it up. Okay, I had an idea and it's really good. Okay, st stick with me. <clears throat> Add another female character to the Birds of Prey from any media, any other media, movies, TV, books, video games. So any female character to the Birds of Prey. Do you want to add just another person, another woman from DC? Sure. Marvel? Sure. Do you want to pull some obscure character from a video game out? Do it. Do you want to put Rory Gilmore in the Birds of Prey? Do whatever the f*** you want. So you get to add one new character to the Birds of Prey, a female from any type of media. Who do you add? 
And maybe not any type of media, maybe not music going, oh, I'm going to put Taylor Swift or Lizzo in it. No, no. Okay, let's do fictional character. Fictional character, please. All right, my future friends, that is it for episode 163 of Future Flicks with Billiam. I will see you again next week. So let me wrap this all up with the closing housekeeping. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That is somewhatnerdy.com. I would really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars, please. And also, share the podcast. Share with your friends. That is how we grow here on the show. And then how do you reach me? That is a great question. You can leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. You can leave a comment on SoundCloud. You can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at Billiam SWN. You can email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. And please consider supporting the show on Patreon. You can find a link in the show notes and also on the Somewhat Nerdy site. Be sure to check out the other shows in the network, Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle. Don't forget to support the friends of the show. You've heard their ads tonight. Please check out my personal blog, BilliamTheNerd.com. And then finally, my dear friends... My dear, dear listeners, my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future. <laughs>